Welcome to Two Sharp Chefs and a Microphone. I'm Lorraine Moss. And this is Louis Victor. And today we are talking about a very interesting concept, unique, never seen anything like it in my life. I can't wait for you guys to see At this all. video. We have Louis Jones from Spanish Sellers, and we're going to talk about something that looks space age to me it's a what was your first impression basically tony stark's living room <laughs> i'm like if tony stark loved wine this would be his living room so we're in the north part of las vegas um in a regular community and you took me here because you saw it the first time and mm -hmm. you were like lo you've got to see this yeah it's, it's really insane cool uh lewis explain to us Kind of give us a visual because they won't be seeing it while they're hearing this. What are we seeing? Like as you open that. So the the cellar is pretty much a a door flush to the ground, a circular door, and uh, has glass panels so you can walk over it, look down. It, it looks like a like a silo, and you see the spiraling staircase surrounded by wine. And uh, <clears throat> the whole idea was it to put it in put it in the floor where space is limited. But at the same time, it's eye-catching. You can walk over it, see it. Um, it. It opens up with the guardrail, and the doors open up. You can walk down, spiraling staircase, and come back up, close it, and it's out of the way. Yeah. So we're talking about a wine cellar that's inside your house. Yeah. Dug, uh, dug into the ground. How many stories deep do you think? Uh, this one is 10 feet deep. 10 feet deep. Okay, so about one big story yeah. deep. And as you walk down a spiral staircase, you see wine, like going around in the circle the way you do with the staircase. Um, it's glass. Uh, as I was telling Louie, as I was going down, it reminded me, for people who've been in Vegas for a long time, it reminds me of Ghost Bar at the Palms, yeah. the old Ghost Bar at the Palms, where like you can walk hmm. on the floor and it was glass. And yeah. you kind of walk trippy. over the strip. I remember that. Which was super trippy because, you know, especially when you drink a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and you no. walk over it and you think, oh crap, am I going to fall whatever 50 stories, however high Ghost Bar is? Yeah. Um, but it reminded me of that. That's something that you could actually have in your house. Right. Which is pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, how'd you come up with this idea? I, uh, it was about eight and a half years ago, I saw that Europeans have something very similar. It, uh, it doesn't have the guardrail or the handrail. It's just a simple door and the spiraling staircase. And um, they tried to come here in 2008, 2007, and they left because it was too much red tape. They couldn't pass city ordinance. Um, the safety. Uh, the safety, yeah. um, the guardrail, and the, and the whole safety issues. It was just too much red tape. They didn't want to invest in it. And I said, huh, I'll, let me try. Yeah. See? See what a genius this guy is? So what makes you want to try something like this? Like, obviously it's a business, so you want to make money, but also, like, why this? You know, there are so many ways to make money and you know, to have businesses. <clears throat> why this? This interesting question, I've been asked this several times because from a business point of view and an investment point of view, it's terrible. Okay. It took eight years and the amount of money I poured into it. In a hole. It, yeah. In a giant hole. hole in the ground. Exactly. It Literally. Was, uh, dumping money in a hole. It, it, it. I did it because I, I like wine. I grew up uh, around grandparents that made their own wine at home. Um, as a kid, I used to run and grab a little pail of wine and out of the 50-gallon wooden drum, and I just I was always impressed by that. So What's I, your background? Spanish. Okay. Yeah, I was. Uh, my so mom. So you grew up in Spain. Yeah, I used to travel to Spain every summer on school okay. break. 
so three months in Spain and you know um, that left a little bit of impression the whole wine the we literally had a carport where the grapes grew overhead and they just they would just fall onto the ground just yeah. the ground full of grapes so for those of you who haven't grown up in Napa or Temecula mm -hmm. or Santa Barbara or Europe uh, it's not something that people, Americans, are necessarily used to being like, uh, wine is not a five o'clock thing in these no. places. Wine is something that you drink from like morning to night. It's not like a, you know, it's not just the way that Americans think of wine. It's mm -hmm. like, for yeah, Europeans, here. it's like you can get wine everywhere all the time for very inexpensive prices. Yeah, that's a good point. You make a, an, um, you almost have to explain that because when Americans think wine, they think, uh, fancy glass, right. a very special occasion. Fancy restaurant, maybe. Exactly. Yeah. Um, in Spain, it's a daily ritual. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes you drink it in a shot glass for breakfast, a little shot glass. Mm -hmm. Just a quick little... Pick me up. Yeah. Yeah. And like, wake me up. My mom's Portuguese, yeah. and so I grew up with port. And they give it to you. In America, it would be a travesty. Right. But I had port at, I don't know, 18 months or two years old, something like that. Awesome. And it was like, no big deal, because it's not like a thing for Europeans where yeah. it's like, oh, you gotta be 21. Right, right, right. And blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you just try it. And by trying it, you know, the philosophy of the culture and like me growing up, my parents were like, she's not gonna become an alcoholic because mm -hmm. she tried it. It's not, there's it. no like right. curiosity. <laughs> like I've been drinking it since I was, Right. I don't know, 18 months, two years old. And I mean, it was a way like also instead of like cough syrup, mm -hmm. like give her a little bit of brandy, right. you know, like, or, or some wine or. Hey, that's yeah. a way to soothe babies when they have like little teething right. problems. Right. A little brandy. Yeah. You know, right. So in Spanish culture, you grow up in wine. Right. It's their lifestyle. Yeah. And I, and I, and I, I remember those days. So I saw this wine cellar. I saw. I saw it from an interest point of view, from my background. I was like, oh, this is, this is interesting. Let me dig into it. Then I go, well, they couldn't do it. Maybe I can do it. Yeah. And then it, 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 started, it started satisfying on like a, lot, in a, a lot of different levels. Like, uh, um, maybe I can do it. Maybe it's a, this big itch that I can satisfy one great big accomplishment in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe I can sell them. <laughs> so it was just a multitude of different reasons why. So when I talked to Louis about this, and I actually talked to my husband because he, he saw it online and he was like, well, this is pretty crazy. Yeah. But the first question usually is, who is this for? Like, <laughs> it's very, you know, it <clears throat> seems like a very extravagant thing to have in your house. So who are we marketing this, marketing this toward? You know, originally I, I was just marketing for like the residential place. And then as, it, as I finished it, and I actually had a finished product because the whole time I couldn't explain this to anyone. Nobody could actually grasp it. Yeah. So it's been done now for a little bit over two months. So it went from strictly residential to in the last two months I've been showing it to chefs and um, um, Sung is it Sung Lee the the mixologist. Uh huh. Okay. Had a, had yeah. A really big uh, mixologist here. And now everybody's like, hey, you can put this in a restaurant. Hey, you can put this in a bar. Um, and and. It went from one um, thing to it can be a multitude of things. Like uh, um, everybody says, it's like a 007, and at the bottom there could be an entrance to a man cave or a labyrinth of, of wine. Yeah, so, or secret speakeasy. Right. So yeah, an entrance to like yeah. like a like, underground, like, really like a little bar. <laughs> Literally. Like, yeah. 
be little speakeasies, little hidden speakeasies. I'm telling you. So it's gonna be so exclusive this place. It's built. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it kind of evolved. Cool. So like when you started digging, what were, what were like some problems that you encountered? The digging was a little bit of caliche, which looking back, that was the least of my problems. <laughs> and it was difficult at the time. So I, I hit caliche and it, so in, in order for me to have what you see here, which is 10 feet deep and the five foot diameter, I actually had to dig 12 feet deep and about 12 feet wide. Huh. Because then you have to shot creek, yeah. the concrete, the walls, the rebar. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it, the hole was massive. I mean, it was uh, uh, 12 feet by 12 feet. It was just huge. When you were getting permits for this, did the office say, what the hell are you building in your house? <laughs> right? you, uh, it, yes. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you, you're, you're right again. It, it, the, it, every step of the way was very interesting to everyone, and nobody could put their finger on it. So I pulled permits. They came out. They looked at it, and it's like, what are you doing? And I was showing pictures of kind of what it looked like. And it's like, I don't understand. Just, okay, pass. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's so unique. This concept yeah. is so yeah. unique. Yeah. It was, but that was, the, the caliche was a big thing. Yeah. And that took, I think, a month and a half to dig. Wow. I just, I love that idea of, for me, you know, as an artistic person, mm -hmm. the idea of innovation and you know, just trying to do what hasn't been done before. Yeah. Like even to possibly like your ruin or, you know, just like going out there and putting yourself out there. Have you always just been that kind of person? Yeah, or like, is this the only thing that's been like this? That, that was one of the things is I wanted to do something that nobody else has done. And I, I hate following in people's footsteps. Like it's just boring to me. Like I tried college, it was boring. Like you're teaching me what I need to know so that way I can just regurgitate it again. I just, it was boring. Yeah. So I dropped out of college. I started my construction company. And then uh, this idea popped into my head. And it was perfect because I think I'm like ADHD. Like I have to constantly oh, crunch on something. I, I, I'm a problem solver. Yeah. And this was a massive problem to crunch for eight years. Yeah. And Is that how long it took from Eight years. April 11. Yeah, April 11, 2011. And we finished... Uh, um, June 1st, 2019. So when you actually go to build something like this for somebody, now that you know the process, how long are you going to be telling them that this is going to take? It, um, four to six months. Okay. Fast track it, four to six months. Okay. Yeah. So four to six months, and what are you talking about for a price range? Ooh, that's okay. <laughs> what that's are you cool. talking about for a price range here? Um, that's everybody's asking that and 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 i again it's been two months i just don't know how to put my finger on the pricing but i think it, it's coming down to like 1.9 okay million is that like a start price or is that a mid that's, price or? that's that's the starting price and then there's tons of options that you can do to this um, um like, like again the man cave at the bottom the labyrinth um but that isn't much more it, it doesn't add much more to the to the to the price that the, the initial price the most expensive part is what you see the the, the doors gate. and the guardrail the actuators, the computers, um, there's a lot under there. Yeah. I mean, behind those panels, there's, um, we're talking about industrial application, um, 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 actuators and, and, and transformers Pistons. and computers. It's just, so 
So on the accessory side, yeah, it's 1.9, and then depending on if, what kind of lighting they want, what they want at the bottom, do they want it to go somewhere? Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people, um, it's funny you say Tony Stark, a lot of people are like, it could be like a 007, the entrance to like a like a private room. Or right, a, layer. Or a layer, or, yeah. Just, <laughs> exactly. Everybody has these um, um, wild ideas, and, it, and, and it's cool because you see their imaginations run wild, and I'm like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. I can easily do that. This is the hard part. Everybody's ideas, how they're coming up with, that's going to be the easy part. Yeah. We're kind of embellishing. So how do you market something like this? Because obviously it's a very high-end purchase. So have you thought about how you're going to not just get the word out, but get the right customer that would, whether it's a business or a person, that would be able to, number one, afford it, but also would right. like wine so much to have something like this? My, the, the marketing for me, I... I'm being very careful with the marketing. I'm the only thing I'm doing right now is Instagram, and I, it's, it's not something that you blast out with postcards or right. billboards or commercials. <laughs> yeah. It's not like you could have a billboard on something like this. Yeah. It, it's going to be. Um, everyone has told me, and I agree with them. It's going to be an experience, like, like the first time you went down there, it, that experience, that 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 hands-on. Um, um, is what's gonna drive this. Um, um, the, I think the first person that buys this is gonna be the most difficult customer. Right. And then once he has a party, and once he invites his friends over, exactly. then that experience that he has, where instead of going into just your Joe Blow room full of wooden shelves and wine, you're going into something exotic. To me, it's exotic. I, I, I love how it opens up from the ground. It feels like a time capsule to me. Yeah, it's, That's something in a space station. It, 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 <laughs> It's, it's very minimal when it's closed, and as soon as it opens up, everybody's looking at it. And you walk down the staircase, it's, it's fun, it's new, it's unique, and you grab a bottle of wine, you come back up and you close everything up. That kind of experience, what people have never seen before, I think that's what's gonna sell it. Not, mm -hmm. not just the, the, the typical run-of-the-mill advertising. So, um, yeah, but Instagram is about the only, thing I'm doing now. I just don't want to water it down. I, I'm, if, if, if you like this and you can afford it and this is for you and you enjoy wine like I do, then you know where it's at. I mean, with, with Instagram, it's, mm -hmm. it's already been seen so much. I've right. been picked up by some, um, uh, some Instagram, uh, um, that they posted it on some, uh, like, uh, engineering, um, designs, engineering firms, architectural firms. So it's been seen quite a few hundred thousand of times. So I know people know it's there. If once they see it, they know where to come. Exactly. So explain to us exactly what it is. And cause I'm guessing there has to be some sort of temperature controls. You know, if you want to do like white wine or right. red wine or what, depending on what you want to put in there. Right. Yeah. It's the whole system will be probably a uniform temperature and okay. humidity. Okay. Um, as far as separating white wines and red wines, I don't have that option okay. yet. But it'll definitely temperature and humidity controlled from the outside, mm -hmm. and it's connected to a little tunnel, so all the equipment is outside. So most people aren't in their homes that can afford this. They're not in their homes 24/7. They're traveling. They're always um, um, out and about. Uh, maybe not even in their homes for weeks at a time. So we put the temperature controls outside, so we have access to it. Right. That way. We can repair, do any kind of repairs and maintenance, and never have that, um, have to enter the house. Okay, let's talk about the engineering of this beautiful thing. Like, can you throw some stats? Like, how much does the doorway? 
um, how many controls? Yeah, that, so I bought the best um, actuators, Tolematic, 11 of them. Mm -hmm. Stainless steel, um, they're rated at the IP, the highest possible we can take a pr pressure washer. Steam clean pressure washers, you know how they do for cleaning mm -hmm. uh, factories. So the seals on these actuators are the best, made out of stainless steel um, so that it won't corrode or rust. There's 11 of those. Mm -hmm. Each one of those has a uh, Omron computer. As far as electronics, they're the number one. Right. Uh, then there's um, 11, uh, 6, um, 10 air pistons. Uh, and that uh, uh, facilitates the moving of the doors and the guardrail. And then on top of that, there's two 450-pound counterweights, stainless steel counterweights for the doors. So that way when you pull the emergency lever, the door actually opens up. Mm -hmm. So let's say you fall and you've hurt yourself. And for whatever reason, the door is closed, mm -hmm. which is already hard to do. But let's say it comes down to that. You pull the emergency level and you can crawl yourself out, crawl out because the door swings open mm -hmm. by itself. So in the worst case scenario, where you just don't have the strength to open the door, no problem. Pull the pin, door opens, you can crawl out. Right. Um, a lot of safety. A lot of safety, yeah. 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 Um, and then... Um, on top of that, there's um, um, transformers, com um, more computers, and uh, control systems that um, communicate with the panel on the wall, and that's how you open and close and uh, lighting controls and whatnot. That panel on the wall, are you looking to maybe voice automate that one day? Like completely Tony Stark, like Jarvis, I need a bottle of wine. <laughs> that I need a Pinot Noir. Right? Yes, that that's just the beginning of the panels. There's there's a, a new panel that just came out. It's completely interactive. I can wipe. I can connect Wi-Fi. I can. I'll know if something's going wrong before it happens. Oh, whoa, okay. The customer can, like you said, voice control it, input their wines, find their wines. Like an inventory. That would be great. Yeah. Yes. That would be great. Cause how many bottles does that thing hold? This particular one holds about uh, 1,900 to 2,000. That's how much wine. It's a lot it? of wine. Yeah, that's a lot of wine. And Gotta we can go <laughs> wider and deeper. Yeah, yeah, it can be wider and deeper. That's 10 feet. I can go 20 feet. You know? Um, it's just... So are you thinking that these are going to be in Las Vegas or L.A. or wherever you want? It, it, anywhere in the nation is probably where... Cause Outside the United States, probably the European would be more economical because yeah. they don't have the, the red tape. Mm -hmm. But inside the United States, because you need the safety, the stuff. safety is whatnot. Yeah, um, is probably where I'll be selling it. And, and and I'm guessing L.A., New York, um, wine country would love this. Um, wine country, uh, Florida, um, anywhere where there's um, where where people want the big toys and and, and right. show off something like this because essentially that's what it is. It's a it's a wine cellar that has a lot of um, functionality to it, mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's it is for show and it is, it's. It's a luxury item, right? It's definitely it's a luxury super item. luxury item. I mean, unless you wanted to use it for like an underground bunker or something, you could. <laughs> it would Which be it kind could, of a cool like technology. You know, you could hide it under your rug or Jesus. something, or under your couch, and then like pull it over, and it's like doomsday. I'm gonna go down to my wine cellar slash bunker. Right. 
and Silo. Yeah. wait until everything like happens and or a zombie out. apocalypse right exactly. we were talking about like filming like a commercial for it that's like zombie apocalypse i mean like, yeah that's yeah. that's like automatically what i think of. it's amazing amazing stuff so are you kind of are you thinking like if i sell one of these like I'm set up for life? Or are you thinking like, I'm gonna put these all across like America or like what's kind of your goal or do you just, you're just gonna see where it goes? I'm, I'm gonna see where it goes. I, I don't think one is gonna, um, you know. Satisfy you. Make me into a millionaire. Um, <laughs> definitely not. I think that's where my nightmare starts because then it's, it's, uh, it's shifting gears and producing another one and a more, uh, timely manner efficient yeah. yeah so then that it just opens up another 13 15 cans of worms and it just it shifts from a prototype to to actually building it but um i like that challenge i like you like solving problems yeah. like you said how many people have told you you're crazy Oh, in the beginning, everybody crazy. I, <laughs> did your wife did your parents did your like so yes. what did your wife say um, she's, but what did she say the first time? <laughs> well, unfortunately, on the microphone, you can't you can't really duplicate the facial expression. So <laughs> she kind of said, um, "Okay." <laughs> and, I'm, right. and I'm trying to I'm trying to convey that facial expression through this mic. And you know, when somebody wants to do something and you just don't know, and you just yeah. Uh, you want to be supportive, sure. but at the same time, yeah. you're kind of like, you're crazy. Yeah. You need to be supportive. <laughs> and everybody, I mean, and I don't blame people because when I was, when I had this idea, I was just beginning to become a contractor, going on my own. Money was limited. And just out of nowhere, you know, I said, hey, I'm going to be a contractor. And by the way, I'm going to build this underground wine cellar. Mm -hmm. You just went for it. <laughs> Yeah. So and just then like eight years, the eight years. Like, what did your wife say? Like, there's this still this hole in the ground, honey. So <laughs> what are you gonna do about it? It's, it's funny because so she's Thai, she's conservative, and she has this whole family watching, right? So she's like, hey, um, you don't have to tell everyone until it's done, right? Because what if if it, you know? Yeah. She didn't say it that way, but it, let's just wait until it's done. And then you can, you know, I'm like, no, I'm going to tell everybody. It'll, it'll get done. But, but looking back, yeah, it, it, it's, there was a lot of times where I almost gave up or just, it was just over the top cost. I mean, the, 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 the cost behind it is, is tremendous, more than mm -hmm. I ever expected. So what then, because people can apply this to anything in their lives. Yeah. What then makes you keep going when you have this, impossible task of doing something that people don't do how do you keep going when like you know your wife might be telling you you're crazy your friends might be telling you you're crazy you're running out of money you're hitting red tape like how do you keep going i i just ignore it all i'm um are you just really stubborn or i am stubborn <laughs> that i i'm very stubborn and i I just don't know when to quit, and and sometimes that's good, and sometimes it isn't. Um, that's the bit in this particular case, it worked out, but it, it's the the mind that I had. I mean, you, you have to be a little bit crazy. Yeah, for um, any kind of invention, you have to be. Yeah, you, you because I I was risking a lot. I mean, there's people yeah. that helped me get to where I'm at, 
and I mean you're there's people that gave up a lot to help me get to right to this point so it's not just you you have to no. also show up for everybody else that's helped you right okay. so so here you are you're halfway through it you've dragged people into it and then you know you're you're up late at night questioning it no you have to keep going there's just right. no looking back but yeah. but you I thrive in it like you, you can say oh I wish I never started it but then I would have been bored I'm just that person that can get like uber bored I, I have to be almost drowning in something to try to figure it out and and get out of it that's just the way my mind is right. like right now as soon as it got done I'm my mind's already looking for something else right, to, right, right. To, to to do yeah right. so on the spectrum of zero to 100 so zero you came up with the idea or maybe that's one percent I don't know mm -hmm. and now you're here to where you have it and it's almost complete you know you have just a few things like you said that you're looking into and tweaking and you're finding you need this and that right. but like where would you say you are on the spectrum now of zero to 100 percent? are you at like at 90 percent? are you at 99 percent? like in completion yeah like in the sense of being where you want to be with it it's because you um, sound like you're like pretty ocd kind of person like me like you're just obsessive compulsive you need it to be like perfect and... it's always 99 percent. okay i mean right now it's done I have one more inspection, but I know I'm passing it because it's very simple. But it's 99% because my mind's already racing towards the options that I can do. And people give you ideas and you right. go and you, you expand on those ideas. And, and it almost feels like I fell behind again. Like I completed it, but now it feels like it's not done because yeah. there's these 50 other possibilities I can do. So I can't wait until I build one so I can build more prototypes so I can showcase the other possibility so it's you're always like at 90 95 99 percent complete and then you yeah gotta start back up again you know it's like giving birth to a whole new baby so is it spanish sellers because you're spanish or are there right. other reasons why you would give it that name no it's my half my family's from spain mm -hmm. so i and i relate to that side a lot more so that's why i went with that name Cool. Well, I think it's pretty amazing. Yeah, and we're we're helping him get it out there. So if you know anybody who wants a Tony Stark seller, Jose Andres, yeah, <laughs> right. We'll be posting videos of this on our Instagram page. Right. Yeah, for sure. it's an amazing concept, and if you guys want to see it, just holler to us or holler straight at Luis at Spanish Sellers. And we're gonna switch gears really quickly, and we do something called on the fly that we do with chefs and restaurants. Yeah, but we're gonna do it with you as well. Um, you're, on the fly, because you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's 60 seconds of questions that we'll ask you just to get to know you a little bit better, so we're not just talking business. Um, and then you just gotta answer the whole thing in 60 seconds. Awesome, let's do it. All right. All right. So on the fly with Lewis, we're gonna start right now. What'd you eat last night? What did I do? What? What did, did you, you eat, eat last night? Oh, um, okay. um, oh my God, uh, canes. Canes. <laughs> canes. Uh, Louis' favorite question: Are you a cat or a dog person? Dog. <laughs> oh my God. What's your favorite food city? Food city? Yeah. Yeah. Like, where um, do you like to go? Could be anywhere. Chicago. Oh, Chicago. Good. It's the second time yeah. we've done that. Uh, hobby outside of Spanish sellers and the other job that you do. A contractor. But yeah, hobby. but a hobby. Ho oh, hobbies? Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, I'm a pilot. Um, um, I make my own wine. Oh, uh, fly nice. remote control airplanes. Uh, what's your favorite local Las Vegas restaurant right now? Mordale. 
death row meal. A what? Your last meal ever on earth. Oh, steak. What kind of steak? Ribeye. Ribeye. Mm. Do you have uh, an inspiring chef in your life? Like one that you like more than anyone else? Um, is that 60 seconds? <laughs> yeah, yeah it's it fast, huh? Wow. But yeah, finish the question. Uh, not one. There's, there's several. I, I can't put my favorite. Who, who I would are... say Chef Kai, Eric, Yazoo, Go. There's four people that I've met in this yeah. town that, that so I, I can't put my, my finger on either one of them, but yeah, those four. Yeah, very awesome. inspiring. All very inspiring. Well, thank you so much, Spanish sellers. Yeah. Lewis Jones. I've got one more question. Oh, please, go sure. ahead. Can you build multiples of this at the same time, or are you building one at a time? We can build multiples at the same time, right. and we can also expand on the size. Uh, uh, we, we, we can make it wider. Right. Not only the internal dimensions, like where the stairs are, but we can also make the, where the wine bottles sit stack them up double so it, there can be a block behind the existing block gotcha interesting um yeah it's it's fully um um, um scalable yeah but please so it's whatever creativity you have yeah. and whatever your imagination allows yeah but we reminded wine is sold separately <laughs> okay. right that's two thousand bottles yeah. that's oh my god it doesn't come with opus right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much lewis thank you how do they get a hold of us, Louis? You can get a hold of us, Two Sharp Chefs, at Instagram at Two Sharp Chefs. Um, on Facebook, it's Two Sharp Chefs and a microphone. And on our email address, it's Two Sharp Chefs at gmail.com. Always send your ideas, your comments, your complaints, whatever you like. It's anything goes here. Louis and I are like, what ups? Right. Whatever you like. Yeah. Whatever you like, whatever food you like. Whatever. <laughs> Thank you so much for Louis. All right. Low and Lou, we're signing off right. to Sharp Two Chefs and a Microphone. All right. See you later. See ya.